What went wrong for Sandy Alcantara this season? And how did Goldie go from MVP to phony? Join us today as we talk about players that busted in 2023 on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Arne, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Arne. If you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings or reviews, we would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. And also, if you do leave a five-star rating and review and take a screenshot of it and email it to us at fantasymds at gmail.com, you will have a chance to win a spot in our coveted Listener League for next season. Also, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel. also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And lastly, join our Diamond Club on the Subtext website. Through Subtext, and a lot more than we can offer in this 30-minute podcast. I know the season is coming to an end, but especially in this last week, you may want to make sure you want to join if you are playing for a fantasy baseball championship. And you know what? Even if you play football, we can talk a little bit of football in the Diamond Club, too. And also, we're going to be dropping our rankings for next year. Just a lot, lot more, as I said, than we could offer in this 30-minute podcast. So, Lockdown Fantasy Baseball fans, we have a fully loaded episode for you today. As always, let us be your team seek weapon as we talk about the biggest bust from this current fantasy baseball season and try and figure out what went wrong with all of them. And, Matt, we got a lot of big names up here that did not perform up to par. And uh, who are we going with first? Yeah, I mean, we might as well just talk about the biggest disappointment of the season, and that's Sandy Alcantara. Honestly, a lot of people were drafting him. It's like their pitcher one. Some leagues he was going number one pitcher overall. And quite honestly, it's just been a fugly, fugly thing. Like, it's just like, what is going on here? I mean, my guy had 184 innings and 151 strikeouts with a 414 ERA with a 1-2-1 whip. Like, that is really ugly in comparison to a season prior of 228 innings pitch, 14 wins, 207 Ks, a 228 ERA, and a .98 whip. Like, those are numbers we expected, something similar, maybe not sub three, uh, but, you know, maybe three on the dime. Sandy Alcantara, quite honestly, should have been a lot better than what he did. And for the draft value, it's ugly. Um, I traded and did buy a, did do a buy low this year. It was just, it was just such a bad move thinking I was being sneaky. We recommended it. It just didn't go, didn't play out the way I wanted it to. Nor did it really play out that way for anybody, unfortunately. But it is what it is. But let's let's look at what really went down, right? So, Sandy Alcantara last year was, I mean, last year was completely consistent. He literally had a sub-3 ERA all season long. And in two of those months, a sub-1. I mean, a, a sub-2. This year, he only had, <laughs> this is ugly only had two months under under 
well, three months under four, July 331, August 348, and then September 225. So he did pick it up before he got hurt um, and was shut down for the rest of the season. Sandy Alcantara looked like he was returning to himself, so maybe he's not a complete bust in terms of if you did acquire him closer to the trade deadline, he might have panned out for you. But if you got him during the early, uh, earlier in the season, if you drafted him, you were not happy with his production. Um, it's all good good signs for next year, but I'm not drafting him as a top five arm. I don't think he's part of the elite three. Um, I think he's more of like, you know, a 9, 10, 11, 12 pitcher off the board this year. For I mean, for 2024, I just think that Alcantara overall is just somebody that's just was an absolute disappointment this year. And um, I'm, I think he'll bounce back just fine next year. Yeah, Matt, great take on Sandy Alcantara. I'm just going to add, he was the number three pitcher off the board last year, averaging around pick 22.8. So, you know, if you did have him on your team all year, you probably were not very satisfied with the results from Sandy. I honestly think it's, uh, you know, he's thrown so many innings over the last three, four years that sometimes it takes a toll on your arm, especially when he hadn't really thrown. He made a huge jump. He pitched around 150 innings in 2018. He went to 197 in 2019. 2020 was the COVID year. You know, he only threw 42 innings. But then 205 in 2021. And last year, six he had yeah six complete games last year and 20, 228 innings. That's a lot on anybody's arm. So I think it finally started to add up. And the big thing with Sandy going into next year is, is he was shut down again in um, his rehab on his way back this year. And according to the Marlins, they're not 100% sure on what's going to happen here in the offseason. Um, the general manager, um, Kim, uh, Kim Yang, said there's a decision that could potentially impact his 2024 and it could be surgery on the way. Uh, you know, he was diagnosed with the UCL sprain, so that never really leads to good things. So if Sandy does, you know, come back healthy, I, he's outside of my top 10 right now. I probably have him at 12 and that might even move down a little bit after this news that came out about three days ago. So uh, Sandy, buyer beware for next year. He does have the talent, obviously, to be one of the best arms in the game. And, you know, here at Lockdown Fantasy Baseball, we do wish him well in his recovery, and hopefully he can, you know, make some impact next year because we've lost so many good pitchers going into next year that, you know, there's gonna, the pitcher shortage was real this year. It's going to be even more real next year. So um, to be determined with Sandy Alcantara. Let's move on to somebody that really didn't have, um, you know, a lot of injury concerns and just pitched pretty poorly. And I, Matt, I think your bold prediction actually came true with this guy's Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease, just a bad year, which, you know, we kind of predicted here, especially Matt. Uh, he went out on a limb in his bold predictions, and I believe the prediction was Dylan Cease would finish outside of the top 40 starting pitchers. And I think that's actually accurate. Matt, you could double check that one to see if you are correct. I think you were. Uh, Cease on the year, seven wins, eight losses, 466 ERA, 32 starts, 172 innings, 207 strikeouts, which was nice, but a 1-4-2 whip, which was atrocious. Matt and I did have him ranked around maybe 20th when he was being drafted. Let's see. He was being drafted as the 13th overall starting pitcher, uh, pick 44. Did not pan out. The whole thing is if you look at, you know, Cease's numbers throughout his career, last year was kind of an outlier. We know that he does have the talent to be very good, but he reminds me of a Robbie Ray type pitcher where, you know, Robbie Ray has that Cy Young caliber season. And then, you know, the rest of his career was kind of, you know, eh, he had a couple good seasons here and there. 
But, you know, usually high threes ERA, big strikeouts, and the whip is usually going to be, you know, 1-2 to 1-3 range. For Cease next year, he's probably outside of my top 20. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't even see where I have him ranked here. I think I kept him off my rankings till I did my deep dive on him and, you know, made that determination. But if I had to guess... He's probably somewhere in the 30s, man. I'm just not going to take that risk, especially on the White Sox team. That's not good, so you're not really going to get the wins either. Uh, but that's that's what I got from Dylan Cease. Bro, I, I should have – I'm blown away. He's not even a top 100 pitcher. Wow, should have put money on that one. <laughs> I really should have. Um, I mean, I saw it coming. I don't even think I had him ranked in my 20s. I think I'm, I had him in, in my 30s. Um, if I were to go back to my rankings, I guarantee that's where he was. Um, you know, Dylan Cease just was played well above board. There was a lot of factors that went into that. And quite honestly, he's a great talent. Don't get me wrong, but something showed me and gave me the willies and it said run. And that's exactly why this season happened. But before we do, we talk about obviously probably one of the most disappointing people of all year. Um, another pitcher that we don't know what happened. He's a he's a favorite here, and a closer that is just absolutely sad and can't believe it. So we're going to talk about one of our best sponsors. We're going to talk about Nutrafol here. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol, Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Take the first step to a visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter the promo code locked on. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommended Nutrafol for healthier hair. Once again, go to Nutrafol.com slash men, and it's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. And once again, that's Nutrafol.com slash men, and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. And dear everydayers and new listeners, we have an incredible opportunity for you to support the show and enjoy some fantastic perks along the way. Introducing our Diamond Club on the Subtext website. By becoming a member, you can not only you can only you not only can contribute to the show's success, but also gain access to exclusive benefits. Get your hands on wave wide rankings, call up alerts, injury updates, instant reactions, and in the off season, it's going to be a little different. You're going to get um, exclusive access to our rankings. Uh, we're going to be talking busts. We're going to be talking strategy for next year and a lot, lot more than you're going to hear on this podcast. And guess what? You can try it out completely free for 14 days. Your support means the world to Matt and I, and we can't wait to connect with you on this exciting journey. Join our Diamond Club on the subtext website today, and let's take your fantasy experience to new heights. All right, Matt, that is a lot for me there. Uh, why don't we hop back on in? And as you said, I think this actually got this next guy has a chance to be the Biggest bust of the year for sure. 
Yep. And um, before I we talk about this, dude, I just want to remind everybody, please leave a five star rating. And, um, you know, you can get a shot at the listener league this year, get another spot. So, yeah, all you got to do is, you know, leave us an awesome review and um, shoot us an email at fantasymds at gmail.com um, and just send a screenshot of it. It'll be great. And uh, throw you in the drawing for it. All right. Let's talk about Alec Manoa. Um, Alec Manoa, I really thought he was going to be good. Dom actually was hesitant, but, you know, I didn't believe him. You know, I wish I would have got the willies because uh, he did not even give it to me. He gained a lot of weight. That was part of it. But usually what happens with pitchers get a little bit more uh, gain weight. They get a little bit more power. You know, I mean, they start looking like, um, what was that, Cologne? Where Cologne put on a – Yeah, Cologne just freaking – you know, he, he just kept getting bigger and bigger. I guess he found a really nice restaurant by his house and just kept getting bigger. I guess Manoa the same. Um, it's probably all that poutine, but um, poutine's good. I don't know if anybody had it. It's pretty much French fries, gravy, and cheese. It's great. Yes. <laughs> um, maybe just found poutine, uh, and just kind of just went off. But he's a big boy. He likes to eat. But no, unfortunately, he kind of just you know took a poop in his big boy pants. Honestly, slider only lost about a mile a mile per hour, not even. Change up was exactly the same. Uh, you know, like whatever fastball act was one mile per hour slower. Like even the sinker sinker was not even a whole mile, whole mile per hour. Like there was nothing that really indicated his demise here in terms of like advanced stats, other than the fact that his control just pretty much went out the window and he pretty much just looked gas. Like, I guess the pitch, the pitch clock really did it for him. My gosh, should probably go to a cardiologist to see what's going on if he ate that Jeez. much poutine. Matt bringing the haterade back. Oh, Lord. Yeah, because, I mean, quite honestly, like, the kid is really good. Like, it pisses me off that he really just went out, ate too much poutine, and just got fat and didn't do the work. Like, I swear, I have a feeling the pitch clock played a lot into it because he probably was able to catch his breath after, you know, in between innings of scarving down more and more poutine and just, he was able to just, you know, chill out. Now it's boom. I got to throw boom. I got to throw boom. I got to throw Alec Manoa is somebody for next year that I am going to just keep an eye on. He's not even really going to be ranked for me, but he will be somebody that I will say he's a dark throw at the end of your draft where if he is in the rotation and he's somewhat performing, in the in the spring training, I'm willing to take a dart throw on him towards the end of the draft, where I see what happens. Maybe maybe he returns to form. If I hear he lost 20 pounds, if, even if I heard he loses 10 pounds, you know, maybe maybe my guy found a, a cardio regiment. Maybe John joined Orange Fitness for all I know. Um, something along those lines where Alec Mano is getting in shape, and it'll be encouraging for me to want to go and get a share of him. Yeah, Matt, uh, good take there on Manoa. I saw it in spring training. I watched a couple of his spring training starts. The guy looked like he went out and he ate Lance Lane. That was my joke that I was making. He just, he just looked huge. Like, like he was, he was, he was a big guy to begin with last year, but like he just looked like he gained like forty pounds out of nowhere on the year. Manoa had three wins, nine losses, five eight seven ERA, nineteen starts, eighty seven innings, seventy nine strikeouts, and a one seven four WHIP. Uh, something obviously went wrong. My big thing is that on top of seeing all the weight that he gained, his FIP always threw me off. Once again, FIP is fielding independent in, independent pitching. It's an ERA indicator. 
Last year, Minot had a 2-2-4 ERA, a 3-3-5 FIP, and his rookie year, he had a 3-2-2 ERA and a 3-8 FIP. So I saw that, you know, didn't line up really for me. I was like, something is, you know, a little bit off here, kind of in the same sense of like what Dylan Cease went through. Uh, but Noah was coming off the board as the 17th overall pitcher, pick 50.6. So, I mean, you really paid a decent amount. You probably had him as a high-end SP2. And it just really didn't work out for Manoa. But, Matt, you did a great take there. I really don't think I have anything else to add. But let's move on to one of uh, somebody Matt and I actually really liked coming into the year and busted. It's Christian Javier. And, man, this one is just really hard to figure out what exactly went wrong with Javier because Javier just had a monster career. And there was really not a lot of indicators. I guess this is one if you kind of really looked at the FIP in his career, too, that kind of could have led you in the right direction. But I really think, you know, I really thought as a full-time starter for the first time in his career last year, he had that monster year. The stuff, Javier's stuff is very good. And he was even getting like, you know, um, Spencer Strider light comps. Not even from myself, but guys that are way better and, you know, more intelligent when it comes to baseball than I am. So I was really on board and Javier's season just did not go well. Nine wins, four losses, 4-6-4 ERA through 29 starts, 151 innings, 149 strikeouts, and a 1-2-8 whip. Now, he was better than Manoa, but he wasn't anywhere near as good as we were drafting him because Javier was coming off the board at the 20th overall starting pitcher, pick 58.2. So another guy, you know, probably, you know, your SP2 and it just really didn't pan out. I know I had one big league where I just kind of dropped him at the end of the season. And then he goes out and he had that huge start against the Baltimore Orioles. So that's kind of what you get as a Javier owner this year is a big kick in the face. And, uh, you know, that on the uh, he slams the door as you're walking out on him. But you know what? Uh, as Matt said with Manoa, I kind of want to throw a dart Javier's way uh, at the end of next season. If you can get him as one of your last starting pitchers, and I think there will be upside to be had with Javier. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, too. Like, I try to look at, like, advanced stats this time of the year and just see, like, okay, what really went wrong, right? And I'm looking, right? So his, his fastball hard hit rate was 40%. This year, 39.2. What's the difference there, right? Same thing with the slider. It really wasn't too far off. Actually, last year, he had a higher hard hit rate on it. Um, Curveball, that was a little bit higher. But he really didn't throw it as much. Like, he really was a four-seam fastball guy and a slider his changeup really wasn't thrown all that much but it was getting hit around a little bit there was nothing that was seriously out there that you would look at this kid's stats like his advanced stuff and be like yo what, what what's the difference between last year and this year i think honestly he could have had a case of the tips where he was probably tipping his hand a little bit more of what pitch he was about to throw there was something that somebody caught this year and everybody pretty much picked up on it let's hope that he could correct it um Christian Javier is somebody like Dom said that we're going to be keeping an eye out on things and seeing how he's going to perform going into the spring training for next year. Um, he's definitely worth a um, looksy-do uh, in the offseason. But uh, before we move on, we talk about one last pitcher and a whole bunch of bats that are going to be, you know, and more people I'm going to be crying about like a little baby. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during un during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and giving your peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. 
Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace, Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught in unprepared. Save more than $360 by, use, uh, by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus, an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout. On jacemedical.com, that's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. All righty. And we're back here. Um, let's talk about Emmanuel Classe. Wasn't too classy this year, honestly. My guy was more of a redneck than he was actually a, uh, uh, what do you call it? A cl- than a classy man. It was bad. Um, you know, like you look at the numbers on the year and it's really not like atrocious, but for honestly, what my number one after, after Diaz got hurt, it's, it was pretty bad. Um, 42 K, uh, 42 saves. That number is great. 64 Ks, but a 318 ERA with a one, one, six whip. Those are the numbers that really bother me. He didn't even have a K per nine which he had at least a K for nine last year. He had a sub two ERA last year, whereas his 318 and he had it well under a sub one uh, whip where he had a 116. Like these aren't numbers that like we expected from class A. Um, Way way I looked at it, look at it is he probably lost you a few weeks in ERA and got blown up a few times in a single week that really hurt you or could have made a difference. Now, Class A was able to pretty much be one of the leaders in saves because he had a lot of opportunities because the only way the Guardians are going to win games is close games, in all honesty. So he had the opportunity at least, but he wasn't blowing you away. He wasn't doing like a Felix Batista where you had well over a K per nine, you had really nice ERA numbers, and you had the saves to boot. So Class A next year, I mean, I'm still going to draft him pretty high uh, and hope that there's a course correction in the ERA and whip department. But he was a bust just based off of tra- uh, draft value because he probably would have been like the sixth or seventh uh, closer versus like the second or first. Yeah, Matt, great take on Class A there. Uh, he, the reason that that he's on this episode is because he was drafted at pick 39.2 overall, the first closer off the board. So Matt and I's old adage of don't pay for saves kind of really, you know, speaks up when you look at it this way, right? Because as Matt mentioned, Felix Batista, who probably would have finished the U.S. number one closer if he stayed healthy, was going at pick 90. Uh, you had guys like Duvall at pick 104, Alexis Diaz at 147. And there was just a lot of value to be had at the closer position this year. So, uh, Matt, great take there. I really don't have too much else to add on Class A, so I think let's just hop on into the bats. Uh, let's talk about Paul Goldschmidt, a player who went from MVP to, you know, kind of kind of a bust this year, man, to be honest with you. As far as I'm concerned, anyway, at 35 years old, that age is finally starting to show for Goldschmidt. Honestly, I probably will have him outside of my top five for a spaceman going into next year. Goldschmidt did play 151 games and had 584 at-bats, but he had 87 runs. Uh, 25 homers, 79 RBIs, 11 steals, and a 269 batting average, which isn't horrible. But, you know, what I consider a bust is somebody that you paid, uh, you know, a high price for and they really didn't live up to it. Goldie was coming off the board as a number four first baseman, picked 21 overall. 
just really didn't work out for Goldie. And as I said, it's just really the age. You know, Father Time remains undefeated. Nobody has ever gone out there and beat Father Time, and Goldie is no exception. So I just think it's the old age, you know, going into age 36 next year. I really don't like the prospects of him. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think he'll probably be like the number five or six first baseman yeah. for me. Um, you know, Goldie's Goldie. He's still timeless in terms of that. I don't think the bat speed has been too atrocious in that aspect. But yes, there's a decline with bats. There isn't a instant drop off. If you start to see it teeter off, but he's on a he's on a slow decline. I feel like next year, if for instance, if the if the um, the Cardinals start figuring it out, or if he gets moved to a team where because there's a possibility he could be traded next year, uh, you know they can then. He could he could then get the boost as to you know where he where he is. We'll see what happens with Goldie. But that's really just about it. You did a great job there. Let's talk about JT Real Muto. Honestly, probably the biggest bust of them all. You know, he was drafted as a number two catcher, was drafted in the top 50. Number one catcher. Number one catcher. Oh wow. Okay. And he really, really, really just like took a dump everywhere. Like I didn't make it. Like, you know, the runs down his leg and everything. It was really bad. You know, he is a second half player. Don't get me wrong. So, like, you pretty much just have to make it to the first half, and usually it turns it on. But JT Realmuto didn't turn it on until about this last month with 14 runs, five bombs, 13 ribs, four stolen bases, batting 274. That's his last month's stats. The total year numbers are fugly 69 runs, 20 bombs, 63 ribs, 16 stolen bases, batting 253. Like, honestly, like, in comparison to last year, we had 84 ribs, 21 stolen bases, batted 276, and had 75 runs. Like most of that was done in the second half. Like that is good production out of the catcher's position. But you would have thought there was upside with, with Real Muto being that he's on the Phillies. I honestly think that he probably should have had a much better season, especially with the addition of Trey Turner. And he's hitting in the five hole too. So he was pretty much getting in, put in position to be successful. So JT Real Muto really flopped in all aspects of the game. I honestly, I'm not drafting him in my top five next year. I think he's just on a downward spiral, and I don't think it's going to be corrected. Yeah, Matt, great take on Real Muto. You know, another guy's getting a little bit older, 32 this year, 33 next year. The Phillies team is very good, so I'm still not counting him fully out for next year. Could have, could have been something went wrong this year because the overall numbers aren't atrocious. Just my, once again, my definition of bust is paying up for somebody and then they just don't, you know, finish where you needed them to. And a guy that was coming off the board at pick 41.4, number one overall catcher, you could have waited and you, you could have had Adley, you could have had Will Smith, could have had um, Sean Murphy, Will, William Contreras, just a lot of catchers. You could have even waited and, and got guys like Garver off the waiver wire, um, Logan O'Hoppy, who, you know, has come back strong. Just there's a lot of value to be had at catcher this year, and JT Romito didn't live up to it. Let's talk about another catcher, though. Uh, let's talk about Dalton Varsho, another guy that people had big expectations for, you know, coming over from the Diamondbacks to the Blue Jays. Just this guy, this is the one that really had like a really disappointing year. Uh, 62 runs in 153 games, 507 at bats, 18 homers, 56 RBIs, 15 steals, and a 221 batting average. And, you know, who was number two catcher off the board? Dalton Varsho. I picked 51.4. Just really didn't live up to the hype. Another guy that I wasn't as high on that a lot of other people were. You know, people want to talk about the steals. Okay, you can get your steals pretty much anywhere this year. And Varsho just 
you know, killed your batting average, didn't really stand out in any one particular category. And I know the 15 steals is nice for me catcher, but you could have supplemented that somewhere else instead of, you know, getting a Varsho who, you know, dragged you down pretty much everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And also, too, like you got to factor in the fact that he was on a new team this year. So that new team, new year kind of downward spiral is just going to play effect in that. So he was prone to have a bad year. I had him as catcher six where I knew I just wasn't being I wasn't touching him in any league. It just it is what it is last year. I knew this was going to happen. If anything, this year, he may be a little bit more of a sneaky ed and you're going to be able to get him at a discount. But let's move on. Let's talk about Cedric Mullins. Somebody that's been injury riddled this year after going 608 at bats last year to now 388 this year. Uh, batting average was a little bit below a 240 versus 258 last year. Still chipped in 19 stolen bases, 50 runs, uh, 15 home runs, 74 ribs. Like, quite honestly, the only reason he's even being talked about is because he just couldn't stay on the field. Um, you know, m- maybe he was getting some tips from Alberto Montesi and things just kind of took a took a weird turn because honestly he was on pace for you know a, to match if not hit his stolen base numbers and go past it honestly because he right now at 19 stolen bases through 388 at bats like if he would have got to 600 like he did last year even 550 he might have hit 40 and his home run numbers were already well was one below what he got last year he could have did a 2040 season uh, this year but again he was really just a bust because he got hurt but with that being said, Dom, you know, do you got something to say or are we uh, closing this uh, bad boy out? Pretty much, as you said, abductor, groin injury for Mullins this year. Um, I still got to see where I, I rank him next year. Just a little bit of a down year overall in the sense of uh, the 240 batting average kind of bothers me a bit. But you know what, Matt? I think we're going to call it there. You know, guys, um, once again, just thank you for staying locked on with us all year. If you got any locked on fantasy baseball championships, send us uh, pictures in the DMs. We'd love to hear about them. But that's all for us today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Also, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. And be sure to look out for a new episode tomorrow. Until then, see you.